John 15, and this can be found in our Bibles on page 901. And I'm reading verses 1 to 17. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Great, thanks, Patrick. Well, well, 2023, uh, be a fruitful year for you? Uh, will it be a year in the future when you look back and you think, oh, 2023, it was a really, a really fruitful year? Well, let me clarify what I mean by fruitful. I don't mean uh, regards to your career or to your bucket list. There are other resources for that. Uh, what I mean by fruitful is something much, uh, much deeper, uh, much more personal. Uh, what I mean is deep, personal growth, a real change in your life, or not just yourself, but also others, like your colleagues, your friends, your family members, and those who do not yet know Jesus to experience deep joy as they come to know him. And so wouldn't it be great this year, 2023, will be a year of fruitfulness. And I guess if you call yourself a Christian, I'm going to assume that you want uh, you want to be fruitful. I'm going to assume that you want to experience real change. Uh, you want to experience real joy. And so imagine uh, one year from now, what day it's today, 5th of Jan, 2024. You look back on this year, and this whole year has been marked by a year of deep joy, genuine love, a really fruitful year. 
So would you like to be fruitful this year? Well, if your answer is yes, you're in for a treat, because this lunchtime, right, Jesus himself is going to teach us all about the topic of fruitfulness. Uh, you guys know if you've been coming, we've been in our series in Isaiah um, for um, since September. But just for this week, we're going to pause and to think about this topic of fruitfulness. And next week, we'll continue with our series. And we're going to look at a key passage, uh, John 15, that Patrick read out for us. And it's a key passage all about fruitfulness. But when we jump into the passage, uh, we will realize that the scene in which this passage is situated in looks really fruitless rather than fruitful. Because in John 15, it's a very dark night. It's a night before Jesus um, was betrayed and goes to the cross. And he's there in the upper room with his 11 disciples. Where's the 12? The 12, just about 30 minutes ago, has left the room. Uh, Judas has just betrayed Jesus. And here's the real shocker. The next thing that happens um, is Jesus. Uh, he says to his disciples, where I'm going, you cannot come. Uh, he tells them, I am leaving you. I'm going back to the Father. And so imagine on that dark night, you are one of the 11 disciples. Uh, Judas, you're, you're, you're one of your mates, has left the room. The next person to leave the room is Jesus. He is leaving. And he says, you cannot come. You have uh, forgot your future career, your family members, your place in society for this man, Jesus. And then he says, I'm leaving and you cannot come. That feels like fruitlessness, not fruitfulness. So in John 15, the question is how? How would these 11 men be fruitful? And so Jesus in his great love for them and also his great love for us he tells us how despite what it looks like on the surface i'm not sure what situations you're in this year despite what it looks like just 11 men in the upper room uh, there is a key to fruitfulness and the answer is right there in our passage today look at verse one that's the key to fruitfulness i am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. That is the great key to fruitfulness. It's all about Jesus and his father. I am the true vine and my father, the vine dresser. So that's our big point for today. If you're going to remember one thing, that the key to fruitfulness is Jesus and his father. Look at verse one again. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You see the point of what Jesus is saying? The basis of fruitfulness is Jesus. I am the true vine. And this is a really crucial point. Fruitfulness is all about Jesus primarily rather than, than us. Before we think what we need to do, your new year resolutions, your new habits, your goals and ambitions for this year, uh, the programs that we put on, uh, before we think about all those things, fruitfulness is located not in us, 
but in Jesus. It's bound up with his identity. I am the true, the true vine. A true vine that presupposes the false vine. And who is a false vine? Well, it refers to, to Israel. Israel back in the Old Testament was called the vine. But they were a false vine because they were a disobedient vine. When they were meant to be a light to the nations, they were disobedient. They followed other idols and they were fruitless. But the prophet Isaiah, he speaks of a latter day in the days to come. A new Israel shall blossom and put forth shoots to fill the whole world. And that is the prophecy that Isaiah spoke 700 years ago. And so the question of fruitfulness is not when or how, but who? Who will fulfill this prophecy that Isaiah made? Who is this true vine? And what does Jesus say? He comes into the room and he says, I, I am the true vine. So fruitless, fruitfulness, well, it's not located in what we do, but who Jesus is. And as long as he was telling the truth, he will be fruitful. But that's not all. It's not just Jesus, but it's also his relationship to the Father. Look at verse 1 again. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Most of you here would know I'm from Singapore. In Singapore, we are very land scarce. So most of us don't have gardens uh, in the back house. We live in really tiny spaces. But coming here, um, I was quite fortunate that we had a really small garden in the back uh, place that we rented. And I had no idea to do what, no idea what to do with it. Uh, my landlord, he had this shrub in the middle of the garden, and he planted the shrub, uh, the very hardy sort, uh, the sort that was meant to last. But after six months, can you guess what happened? I killed it. I'm not even sure how. Um, it grew brown, it dried up, and it died. Um, I was uh, a terrible gardener. Uh, but here in our passage today, uh, we have a much better gardener. Uh, look at the true vine. Uh, look at the, the vine dresser. Verse 2, he, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. It's a beautiful image. Uh, the vine and the vine dresser, the son and the father. Uh, the vine dresser pruning the vine. Pruning, more fruit. He prunes and there's more fruit. See, it's the relationship between the vine and the vine dresser that produces fruit. What's the point? It's the same point. Fruitless fruitfulness is not located in us, but in Jesus and his relationship with his father, the vine and the vine dresser. And think about this. This really turns the tables. You see, for the disciples, uh, Jesus is saying, he's going away. What do you feel? Panic, anxious. You're worried. But if he goes to his father's side, if he's there at the father's right hand, that is the source for fruitfulness. His going away is better for the growing. The vine will be fruitful because he goes away to his father's side. 
And that's true also today. See, the truth is 2023, it will be a fruitful year. It will 100% be a fruitful year all around the world. It is not if or not how or not whether or not maybe. It will be fruitful regardless of this. Regardless of what you do, the vine will be fruitful all around the world. As long as Jesus continues to be the vine, as long as he continues to be by his father's side, the vine will be fruitful. See, the moment he left this earth, he went up to heaven and he sat at his father's right hand. He has inaugurated an era, an age of fruitfulness. And so that's the big truth. The key to fruitfulness is not you, it's not me, it's Jesus and his relationship with his father. Okay, but what about us? If you want to be fruitful this year, what do you have to do? What do we have to do? And so two aspects if we want to be fruitful. And the first is this, that we need to abide in him. Look at verse three. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branches cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So prove to be my disciples. I wonder whether you notice the key word there, abide, abide, abide in me, abide in me, repeated over and over again. And it's an obvious point. If you want to be fruitful, if you're a branch and this is the vine, if the branch wants to be fruitful, he needs to stick, abide, remain in the vine in order for the branch to be fruitful. And Jesus, if you notice, he's really adamant that you need to abide. That you notice what he was saying, there was a real contrast between those who don't abide and those who do abide. It's either very positive or very negative. Uh, look at look at verse four. We answer questions after this, if that's okay. I'll come back. I'll come back. What I mean by abide, abide, remain, to stay, uh, to stick with. I guess that's what we mean by abide. Uh, look at verse four. If the branches cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, but you can only bear fruit if you abide in Him. Uh, look at verse five. Whoever abides in me, he is that bears much fruit. But look at the contrast. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Look at verse six. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me, verse seven, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Do you notice the contrast? It gets progressively um, worse or much better. And it's very strong language. If you don't abide in Jesus, uh, you will be burnt. 
uh, get up like dead uh, firewood and being burned. But if you do abide, what does he say in verse 7? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Uh, it's so positive. Ask whatever you wish. But also verse 8, even as you abide, his father, the father, is glorified. Well, some people get into pickle. Uh, they ask, what, is, what does it mean to ask whatever you wish? Uh, you queue your, your dream job or your dream house or your dream holiday, and then you get disappointed uh, when it doesn't happen. Um, sorry to disappoint um, if that's what you're thinking. Um, asking whatever you wish um, is part of the context here. It's all about bearing fruit. Uh, the context that Jesus is speaking about, it's all about bearing fruit. And so if his words abide in you, uh, his words about fruit bearing, and you ask in line with his will that you will bear fruit, it will be answered. The asking is in the context of fruit bearing. And so if you ask according to his will of bearing fruit, it will be answered. In any case, the point is quite simple. Abide. Abide in Jesus. If you don't abide, you'll be burned. If you do, you will bear much fruit. Here's the next question. How do you abide or how do you remain in someone who you cannot see? We don't see Jesus today. How do we abide in him? Uh, verse 7, abide in my words. We stay in his words. But also verse 9, as the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. To stay, to remain, to abide in his love. How do you abide in someone who's not here? You abide in his words and his love. And so I'm conscious at the start of this year that there may be some of us here who may be at risk of falling away uh, to stop listening to Jesus, to stop abiding in his words. Maybe because of um, holiday guilt, not sure what happened over the holidays, maybe constant disappointment, it may be perpetual bitterness or continued doubts that you may have. But here's encouragement from Jesus to you today. Abide in me. Stay with my words. Stay in my love. Abide in his words when he says, you are clean. You are washed. You are forgiven. Stay in those words. Abide in his love when he says, I love you. So I died for you. Abide, stay in his love. And encouragement is the, the call to abide or to remain or to stay is not a hard call. It's not difficult. It is, in one sense, quite easy to do. Imagine I ask you now to remain in your seats. What do you do? You just stay there. If you tell the brunch, uh, remain, remain in the tree, what does the brunch do? It just remains there. Uh, the brunch doesn't have to do anything. Uh, the one who didn't abide, uh, who was the one who didn't abide? It was Judas. Uh, 30 minutes ago, he's left the room. And he's the one who didn't abide. So however you're feeling at the start of this year, if you want to be fruitful, don't be Judas. Abide in Jesus. Stay and remain and abide in his words and his love for you. And this is what we'll do each Thursday or Thursday morning or Tuesday when we meet. Um, I guarantee you we will open God's word together. You will hear his words so that you can listen 
so that you can abide. And as we do that, uh, we will be fruitful. CGT will be fruitful. What about you? Well, if abiding in his words didn't make it into your New Year resolution list, uh, why not include it? Or better, why don't put it as a top priority this year? That this year you will commit to staying with abiding in his words, uh, be it on the train or the bus when you take in the morning. Spend some time reading his words and stick with it. And as we do so, there is a guaranteed experience as you abide. Look at verse 11, the outcome. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full. As, you, as we do so, the guaranteed experience is irrepressible, abundant joy, full joy, overflowing joy, the joy of Jesus in you. These things I say to you that your joy may be full. So I'm the true vine, my father, the vine dresser. So abide in me, abide in Jesus. Secondly, there's one more thing to do. It's not just to abide in his words. It's also to love like him. Now you see that uh, the phrase, this is my commandment, repeated in verse 12 but also in verse 17, look down to those two verses. This is my commandment in verse 12, and also verse 17, these things I command you. And what I meant to do, to love one another as I've loved you. Well, love is not a new concept in the Bible, but this type of love, I think is new. Look at the way that Jesus describes the love. Look at verse 12 again. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Now, the kind of love here is sacrificial love. It's a self-giving love. It's a love that Jesus showed us when he laid down his life at the cross. Um, it's love that doesn't take. It's a love that gives. In my thinking, oh, to love sounds a bit cliche. sounds like the thing that you say at a royal wedding. But if we really grasp what he's saying here, uh, we realize that it's tremendously profound, the kind of love that Jesus is saying. Because to love like him is the extension of the Father's love for the Son. Now look at verse 9 again. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. You see what Jesus is saying? If you love like him, you're extending the love the eternal father had for the eternal son to the rest of the world. You're extending the love between the Trinity to the rest of the world as you love like him. And so when his people love like him, they impact the world. If you think about that, it is tremendously profound. The flip side of this love is not hate. It's a different kind of love. It's a cheap, inferior kind of love. It is a love for the world. Uh, it's a love for the praise that comes from men. It's a love that puffs myself up. Not Jesus. He lays his life down for, his, for, for you. It's not only to love for the world. It's to love like the world. How does the world love? Transactional. I scratch your back. You scratch mine. 
I do it for you only because you do it for me. And not Jesus. He gives his life for you. So here's the next thing you need to do this year. To love one another as Jesus has loved you. Well, what would this look like? Well, he's not explicit. So you need to kind of work it out. What does it mean to love those around you? But it will be costly. Uh, those who are younger here, it may cost you maybe your future potential. And maybe those who are more mature, it may cost you uh, some personal comfort. But perhaps for many of us who are busy central London workers, uh, maybe love might look in the form of giving up your time, a time to love one another. And it might be worth asking around the tables, what might it look like to love those around your tables as Jesus has loved you, uh, to love those around you? Well, it may be hard uh, because um, you might not like the person around your table. Maybe you do. That makes it a bit easier. Uh, or maybe you're busy. Uh, you have lots of stuff to do on your calendar. What you need to remember is that Jesus, he laid down his life for you. If that's not enough, he commands you to do so. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I've loved you. So to summarize what we've seen, the key to fruitfulness is not us, it's Jesus and his relationship with his Father. If we want to be fruitful, we abide in him and we love like him. And you know what? If we do so this year, what we will experience is tremendous joy. Because the moment that Jesus, he goes back to his father's side, he has inaugurated an era of fruitfulness. Imagine, think about it, 11 disciples in the upper room, started with 11. How has the vine grown 2, 000, for 2,000 years? 11 men in the upper room, the whole of the Roman Empire, now the whole world, bearing fruit all across the world. Many people turning from idols to worship the one true God. See, the story of the past 2,000 years is the story about the vine exploding into growth, being fruitful all around the world. Uh, COVID didn't stop the vine. Uh, the, uh, the recession won't stop the vine. Your HR department won't stop the vine. It will keep growing and growing this year. And as we see the vine exploding to fruit everywhere, as we abide, as we love, we will experience real joy.